Hello and welcome to the Post to Post podcast. This is podcast number 65. My name is Neil. I'm joined here with Brent. Hello. Uh, we have lots to discuss this this podcast. There's been uh, some trade deadline fallout. Uh, we have discussed the trade deadline. We have. Uh, we've kind of recapped it a little bit in a video that we posted last night. Yep. Uh, but there's still some other stuff to talk about because more games have played uh, have been played since we've released that video, so we've got to see some of those players and their new teams a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got some drama out of Ottawa, um, the Tavares situation, a couple of suspensions to talk about. We'll talk about the game recaps as we usually do, and then today's games. So a um, bunch of stuff to talk about. The first thing I would like to talk about is the Ottawa situation. Alrighty. Have you been following that at all? I have. The whole the Bretton Flats I have. situation. It finally crashed again on Wednesday, I guess. It did. So as it stands right now, it's done. Like done. Melnick and What's-His-Face can't get along. They're both suing each other. It's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life. Uh, and Melnick can't do this by himself. Most of Melnick's money is tied up in the pharmaceutical industry, uh, and he currently runs the senator's operations pretty lean. Uh, he doesn't have the cash or the development developmental expertise to do this uh, new arena project on his own. So he's in a pretty questionable spot. Uh, He's burned too many bridges, and uh, honestly, nobody really wants to work with him from what I can read from the Ottawa Sun and a couple of other news outlets and rumors around the league. So he's put himself in a pretty poor position, Uh, and people are kind of talking about relocating, but it's not going to happen, and here's why. So for a team to relocate, Sorry, for a team to relocate to another city under the rules of the NHL, Melnick would have to prove that there are no uh, prospective buyers in the city. And Melnick can't do that because there are at least two bids, maybe three, waiting to buy from Melnick. So Ottawa, the the Senators aren't leaving Ottawa. That's just not going to happen. There are other people in play who want to buy the Senators once Melnick decides that he wants to sell it. Well, one could argue the Senators have never been in Ottawa. They've been in Canada. That's but true. But anyway, <laughs> that's just a technicality. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it all comes back to Melnick. All of Ottawa's problems, in my opinion, uh, stem from Melnick in the past four years. Um, Guy Boucher, the firing of Guy Boucher, is just the latest casualty. And and just an, not only casualty, but another example of of pointlessness and stupidity. Your team is already... In the, in the dumper for the year, there's only 16 or 17 games left in the season, and you fire your head coach to why? Why? Uh, the timing of this firing is very strange. Like, <laughs> and did you see what they did when they did the announcement? Uh, in the firing in the press release released by the senators, by Melnick, it was, you know, we parted ways with Guy Boucher, and they put a job ad for the next coach as really part of their release. The Ottawa Senators are looking for a people person, someone who's you know can talk to players. Uh, like you're basically saying, although you don't want to say anything bad directly about Guy Boucher, in the list of things you want for qualities in your next coach, you've listed all the things I presume that Guy Boucher was missing in your view. It was so tacky and amateur. I don't know what's going on up there. They need adults in the room, and they need them now. Yeah. It's just dumb. It, it's just so for me, dumb. it all stems back to to, to Melnick. I mean, right. if you think that Pierre Dorian uh, doesn't have Melnick in his he- in his ear about every single trade or issue, Gotta then be. you are naive. Uh, is one hundred percent that is the situation. I can't believe that Pierre Dorian acts like it's not. I mean, I guess he has to because that's it's kind of his job to to put a foot down that he's in charge, but you can tell, I mean, you can just tell he's not just by the way that Melnick does his interviews and how involved he is in the team and how upset he gets at certain things. Mm-hmm. There's been proven records that he's gone into um, the dressing room after terrible games over the past couple of years and ripped the players. Like, that's not for the owner to do. So he involves himself way too much in this team. I feel so bad for Ottawa fans and the city in general. Get Melnick out. Hashtag get Melnick out. He has to go. I've been saying this for probably 18 months now and i mean there's nothing i can do there's nothing you can do there's nothing you at home can do we just have to sit back and watch the fire burn yeah it's terrible there already is a hashtag melnick out that's been very heavily used in the ottawa hockey market and elsewhere um i don't know when when it's the owner of the team and he does he's done a lot of financial gymnastics to hang on to the team 
But he doesn't have like, – didn't he say recently that he was going to spend to the cap over the next couple of years? Five years. He was going to spend in, up to the cap in five years or over the next five years? That's debatable. <laughs> That's debatable. It, it, I, I took it when I read it to mean that within the next five years he'll be at the cap. But I don't know if that means starting year one or starting year four. He's already pretty lean. Oh, yeah. He's, like, they, they're going to have trouble meeting the cap floor next year, I think. Yeah, yeah really. They, like – it's it's very grim. It's very grim for the fans of the Senators. It's not fair. It's not fair to them. It's not fair to the city. It's so, not fair to the league, frankly. It's not. And why doesn't the league do something about it? What can the NHL do? What can Gary Bettman and the rest of the owners do? Can they force him out? I don't know. I don't I, know. I don't know either. I imagine that every valve can be turned to uh, maybe not legally totally force him out, but just to make life impossible for him. In the league. I don't, I don't know. The league could probably take the team over or something if it had to. I assume that the NHL could legally buy the franchise from Melnick, regardless if he agreed to or not. Uh, that's probably in the clause of when he when he bought the team, that the NHL has ultimate control of the team and can buy him out for a value of whatever the team is I, estimated at. I don't know. And I, then the I, NHL would sell it to another prospective buyer. Yeah, I, I can't speculate. I just, I honestly don't know how these franchise agreements work in the NHL. We need to know. Lawyer up. We need details. <laughs> NHL release of details. Uh, anyway. There. Uh, we'll talk about Ottawa again in the next two weeks when Mel looks at, does something stupid. All right. The Columbus Blue Jackets. Yeah. How, how do you feel about the Columbus Blue Jackets over the past week? Well, I tell you, uh, when the trades all concluded on Monday, I felt this is a team that's loading up. Yep. They're acquiring talent. Uh, they've settled down. Uh, Panarin continues to produce. Bob has good games. Mm-hmm. And now they've got Dezingle and Duclair, not Duclair, they Duchesne. Are, uh, Duchesne rather, and they're ready to go. And then games happened. <laughs> Do you know their record this week? Uh, not good. One and two. Yeah. And the one that they did win was an OT win against Philadelphia. So that could have been a loss. It could be zero and three. Like, yeah. That's, uh, so should should Blue Jackets fans be worried? Not yet. I agree. Not yet. Because chemistry. That's right. Because chemistry. They have Dezingle and Duchesne on a line from what I have seen so far from Columbus. Um, but there's still other... There, it wasn't just Duchesne and Duzingle that came into the mix in Columbus. There are other pieces as well. So uh, I think you need to give about two weeks, maybe two and a half weeks for chemistry. And after that, I'd probably start to worry. However, Columbus is in that little niche Wild card spot they are. Uh, battle. So, but they're but they're in a better place than they look right now. They lost game, four nothing games in hand. Yeah, they have games in hand. They have two games in hand, and uh, they lost four nothing on Saturday, and that looked really grim. And they actually got knocked out of what I think was the third seed in the Metro down to out altogether. Mm-hmm. But Montreal is only fake ahead of them. Fake ahead of them. Yeah. Fake ahead of them because if uh, Columbus wins even one of their two games in hand. Uh, they're back in. And and I think the, the future for Columbus looks pretty good. They have a better than, a way better than average chance of making the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And by then that chemistry thing hopefully will have worked itself out for the team. Yes. And they will uh, begin to be very competitive, mm-hmm. uh, more more so than they are now. So I don't think it's, uh, the game's not over in Columbus just yet. Did you know that, remember how I said I wanted to make a video coming up about what if every uh, win in regulation gave you three points Every win in overtime or a shootout gave you two points, and a loss and a shootout or overtime gave you one point. Basically, the three-point system. Right. Uh, I want to make a video about that soon. Based on that scenario, Columbus Columbus is in ninth right now. They would mm-hmm. go to seventh based on that scenario. There you go. So it's 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 going to be an interesting video. I, I'm really excited to I am too to, to release it. We're going to film it later on today. I think I've not done the math, but I know you have. I have done all the math. And I am interested in learning what. What the playoff picture, what the standings would look like now, were we to count things differently? Mm. Right on. Another one is Toronto's ahead of Boston. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Very good. Uh, all right. So speaking of Toronto, John Tavares and his return to the island. What? I have it broken down into a couple different things here. Uh, it, I can't imagine you're listening or watching this podcast and not know what we're talking about. So I, I feel like I don't need to explain it, but I'm going to anyway. Basically, this was John Tavares' first return to the island a couple of days ago, and uh, he was greeted to a welcome party of questionable 
questionable. Passion. <laughs> um, <laughs> the passion wasn't questionable. The direction of it was. Maybe. So I'm going to say I'm going to. I feel like a lot of people are going to de- disagree with me in this situation, and maybe some will agree. Um, I have it broken down to a couple different topics here. The first one I want to talk about is the passion. The passion of the Islanders fans. I don't care what it's about. I don't care if it's about a player, a win. Uh, a season, a winning streak, whatever, the passion that they showed in that arena the other night was absolutely amazing. I don't care what the topic was. It was fantastic to see. It was a great game. That building was so loud. I loved it. I would love to see these two teams play in the playoffs in an actual series. It would be it would be movie-worthy almost. <laughs> uh, so I love the passion of the Islanders fans. However... <laughs> There are a couple of questionable things that went down, and I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap this up at the end with a closing statement. But I want there's some spe- specific topics I want to talk about. They're running over the jersey. What's your thoughts on that? Um, just dumb. I, I don't I don't care about the meaning of it. I just think it's dumb. Someone paid a lot of money for that jersey, and if they want to do anything with that jersey, that's fine with me. I agree. But but running it over with a truck and backing up over it and having it duct taped to the pavement, um, it, it's making one of many different ways to make a statement. They could burn the jersey in effigy. They could throw things at it. They could make a dartboard out of it. They could do whatever. Mm-hmm. So I'm. It doesn't. I, I'm not butthurt about it or, or overwhelmed <laughs> or anything. I am also not butthurt about it. Uh, I don't care. Again, I don't care what someone does with a jersey. They bought it. They can do whatever they want with it. But in the same regard, they're also running over their own logo. <laughs> like, doesn't there might be a name on the back, but they're also running over their own logo of their team. So Yeah, if they're going to run over a Tavares jersey, it's better to go buy a brand new one with Tro- the leaf Tro- on it. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> I suppose, yeah, the logic works a little better if you do it that way. Mm. But uh, no, it's it's just dumb. The the only people that are happy about that is the NHL saying another jersey. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, how about the throwing of a jersey at Jonathan uh, or John Tavares as he left the ice? Did you see that? I did. Well, I, I read about it. I didn't see it when it happened, and I didn't see a replay. Uh, basically, I'll go from the very beginning. Throwing anything in any direction in a hockey arena is off limits for me. I completely agree. I I could not agree more. It doesn't matter if you're, I mean, if, if Phil Castle's going off the ice and you're throwing a hot dog at him, banned. I don't care what you throw at a play. You can't do it. You should be banned from the arena. And uh, that's my opinion on that. I guess one exception might be hats on the ice during a hat trick. That's different. Maybe. But as far as throwing octopi, <laughs> snakes, any other critters, creatures, birds of any kind. Rats. Rats. Uh, throwing stuff is just not not on. It, it could cause injury. Now, in a hat-trick situation, the play has been blown dead, the goal has been scored, the players are over at the bench, and the cuties with the garbage cans are skating out onto the ice to collect the hats. So that's cool. No one's going to get hurt when a, you get hit by a People toque. are throwing hats on the ice. It's, it's different than someone throwing an object directly at a player yeah. trying to hit them. So. Yeah, and I don't care what... Uh, what it is other than that, it's just not right. I agree. It's not right. Um, what do you think about the chance that was going, the chance that happened? That uh, remind me. Like, we don't need you. And that, I'm cool, totally cool with that. There are a couple other ch- I'm totally cool chances with that. I can't, I can't leave, I can't say. <laughs> when, when you look at where the Islanders are, where they were projected to be with yeah. the loss of Tavares, and there's no question he's helped the Leafs. He's done great. He's pushing 40 goals now for the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs and and he'll easily get 40 and maybe even 50 before this is all said and done and he'll be the John Tavares that he was for 10 years on the island. But, and I agree with the other commentators who've said uh, it's an emotional time for him. This is probably easy for him. He's likely got butterflies in his stomach through the entire warm-up. It looks like he was not fully comfortable. But for what he's getting paid, Mm -hmm. he's getting paid to hear that. I agree. And he should take it, and he did. I love the chance. I, I think it was great. The, I, the chance that the other fans were doing were totally fine with me. That's how you react to this situation. Yeah. You get into his head. You do the chance. You get loud. You don't run over jerseys. You don't throw stuff at John Tavares. You treat it like a, like a fan should. Like Chants are fine. That's part of the game. That's been going on forever. Keep that up. Yeah. So I like that a lot. And and the best part of all of this, the best way to show the Leafs that we don't need you 
or show Tavares that we don't need you is to whoop them 6-1. Exactly. That's Yeah, exactly. So it gave energy to the Islanders. Mm-hmm. It's a game that they probably would maybe have won anyway just because they're that good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Leafs are good as well, but anyone can win on any given night as we know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for that to happen, clearly the reaction of the fans, the emotion of the moments, the history involved, playing back in Uniondale, which I think was a nice move uh, to have it happen there, uh, all that combined together, that easily added at least three goals to the Islanders' yep, talent. I agree. I think. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now, a lot of people are saying that the Islanders' fans are the worst fans in the NHL, completely disrespectful, uh, absolutely ridiculous people. Um, I honestly really disagree with that. I think that's silly. It, it has nothing to do with the Islanders' fans. You're completely naive if you think this has anything to do with Islanders' fans. If this happened, the exact same situation happened to Sidney Crosby, Maybe Sidney Crosby decided to go off um, for, to free agency and uh, didn't tell the team that he was going to do that and could have got traded and they could have got something back, but he went to free agency anyway. You better believe that Pittsburgh Penguins fans would do the exact same thing. Mm. Same with Montreal Canadiens fans. Yep. Same with Chicago Blackhawks fans. Tavares, or not Tavares, uh, Jonathan Taves did the same thing. Like it, Every single team has fans that will run over jerseys, that will throw stuff at players. This isn't Islanders fans specific. There are fans like this for every single team, including Montreal Canadiens fans, which is my favorite team, including Toronto Maple Leafs fans, which is where John Tavares went to. Like, There's going to be fans like that regardless of the team. So I completely defend the the Islanders fan base. Uh, I don't think they're the the most or the worst fan base in the league, not even close. Um, And I think that's just a silly statement by a lot of people. And there's two occasions when a returning player that you've had as a franchise player maybe for years comes back. One is the situation where the player's been traded. And other than for waiving clauses or something like that, the player was moved by the team in exchange for somebody else and eventually comes back. Mm -hmm. I think that player has earned a little less booing and and a little more respect because it's not entirely their decision to do that, Mm -hmm. although they may have cooperated with it. Or you've got the case of Tavares, who totally went out on the free agent market as it is as is his right to do mm-hmm. that's how the CBA works and he can sell himself to any team he wants and he did uh, you can't blame uh, the Islanders for that and the fans are behind their team because mm-hmm. of that their team didn't make a decision to get rid of Tavares their team tried admittedly hard to keep him mm-hmm. and the fans are supporting their team and what they're doing here and it worked it was yep. great Every team has amazing fans and every team has bad fans. That's applicable to Arizona, Dallas. It doesn't matter the team. So I I am very firm in the fact of defending Islanders fans as far as uh, you can't you can't blanket comment an entire fan base based on a couple of actions of a Absolutely couple of fans. Not. And that's another thing. Um, how many people were around the t-shirt driving incident? I, I saw that and I saw the truck going back and forth. I didn't see thousands of people gathered around this cheering either. it on. It was, it could have been out way out in the parking lot somewhere with 12 people around mm. and only one of them has to happens to have a camera and now it's a thing. Mm. Uh, it bothers me in a lot of things where I see on the TV news where a TV camera will be at a protest and there's four people during the protest, yet it's on TV. <laughs> um, there's four people there. If only yeah. four people bothered to go to the damn thing, then how mm-hmm. come it's on TV news? Because clearly its degree of popularity is in conjunction with the number of people who showed up. So TV skews things. Yes, I agree. And YouTube skews things. Here we are. Yeah. But we need to keep that in perspective always. Yeah. And one of the things I looked for was the, the crowd around this whole event. I didn't see mm-hmm. many. When when that jersey was thrown, obviously by an Islanders fan, you better believe that there was another diehard die Islanders fan who turned around and went, you're an idiot to the other Islanders fan because you don't do that. Yeah. So. Um, We've met some Islanders fans. And they were fantastic. At people. a Toronto game. Yes. And they had come early to follow their team. It was a couple of dads and brought their kids with them. And we were in line with them to get in the gate. And we struck up a conversation with them, saw them later down at ice level because they travel with the team as much as they can. And they stand around the the doorway where the Islanders would be coming out for the warm-up. We could see them there when we were watching the warm-up from a different angle afterward. Fantastic people, lovely people. And so that's my only experience with the New York Islanders fans, and it's all been 100% positive. I agree.
Absolutely. Yeah, they were great guys. All right, we'll end it there. All righty. Uh, suspensions. Did you hear about the two suspensions? Well, I heard about... Uh, no, go ahead. I, I might be a week old, so, so go ahead. Gabriel was suspended one game for boarding uh, Nolan Patrick. Did you see that play? I did. Yeah, how do you feel about that suspension? I don't remember. The, I saw the play, but I, I didn't see it and, and uh, make inferences from it. So I just watched it. He, he basically made no attempt to stop and hit him when he was vulnerable. Nolan Patrick t- kind of turned a little bit, but still it was it was pretty obvious that it was intentional. I'm 100% okay with this one-game suspension. All right. Um, I'll leave it at that. And the other one was the Lowry sus- uh, suspension that happened last night. Did you hear about that? I did not. He was been suspended two games for high-sticking Forsberg. I assume you didn't see the play. No, I didn't. So basically they were battling behind the net. It, the play went into the corner. Um, Forsberg got rid of the puck up along the no, no. Lowry got rid of the puck up along the boards. Forsberg kind of hit him, not late, but it was it was well within the point six seconds. Yeah, it was it was. I mean, it, <laughs> it's right on the line, maybe of a bit late, but uh, anyways, Lowry wasn't very happy, and he got hit along the boards, swung around, and brought his stick back intentionally and hit Forsberg in the face. It wasn't it didn't hit him that hard? It wasn't like it wasn't a crazy high stick or anything like that. Like it, he didn't lose an eye or anything, but he. And he was going to suspended two games. I think that's an okay decision. It was clearly very intentional. Once we're done this podcast, you can go look at it, and yeah. you'll 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 be able to know right away that it was intentional. So cool. I'm I'm okay with that suspension. You can't be doing that. So, mm-hmm. um, game recaps. You okay to start that? I'm okay to start that. The first game of the day yesterday was the Edmonton Columbus game, and uh, Edmonton won four to uh, nothing. Tough game for Columbus. Poor defense, defensive zone coverage. Uh, lots of giveaways by Columbus, and uh, Costin was great as well. Got the shutout. So, in uh, the four goals that Edmonton scored, McDavid was in on all four of them. Yeah, he had a great game. Uh, Drysital, one goal, two assists. He was a plus three, uh, and Josh Curry he got a second goal. Got a second goal, yeah. uh, which is awesome. Um, Duchesne and Dzingle. Were not factors. No, but they almost were. There was a play where where uh, Dzingle passed it off to Deshane, and he cut he cut into the net just like McDavid does. He almost scored, but he didn't. But he, no, but he, <laughs> but, he, but he didn't. You're they, right. They, they had about the same amount of ice time as everybody else. Mm-hmm. About fifteen minutes. Uh, one a little more, one a little less, and uh, they just didn't uh, didn't really have the impact I think that they, people expected them to have mm-hmm. on, the, on the when the trading all closed uh, last Monday. Um, Bobrovsky only played two periods and got pulled. Yes, he did. Corposalo went in and shut, shut it down. He didn't, he, did. he didn't give up anything in the third. So mm-hmm. uh, I don't know who they go back with today. We'll talk about predictions for today a little bit later. But uh, Corposalo's mm-hmm. not been the most stellar goalie, but he, d- he does have one shutout period from yesterday, and that's something Bob that's can't true. say he's got. That's true. Um, did you see Tortorella's media availability, his I news conference afterwards? Nope. Might be a record. 36 seconds long. Oh, really? Yeah. That was it. What did he say? I, I don't know. What can you say in 36 <laughs> seconds? Not, not much. I did see a quote from him. It was typical. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. See ya. Uh, the game after that was the LA Chicago game. LA won six to three. I watched a bit of this game, even though we couldn't get it. Yeah. Um, it was on the NHL network, which for some reason happened to be on a big screen at the restaurant I was at last oh. night. And I could see it. It wasn't straight on. It was off to one side, but I was watching the game out of one corner of one eye while it was going on. That's a dangerous thing for me to go out to, to a pub or a bar or something like that, and there's screens on, and there's a hockey game on on a Saturday night. You're not paying attention to anyone I, else. I ain't conversating with anyone <laughs> at the table. I'm just looking off. Well, it was an interesting game because uh, L.A. got ahead and got out to a nice lead, and Chicago actually tied the game. They did. And uh, it was looking pretty competitive there until, uh, uh, well, for the minute and eight seconds it was tied until Kempe got the 4-3 goal to go ahead, and that was it. Did you see the Crawford stretch pass? No. What? I did. Well, I didn't. Look, it was I'm, so good. I'm trying to be sociable around the table. I guess, but you, you should watch the highlights from the game. It was so good. It was probably the best st- stretch pass by a goalie this year. Did you see the doggies on the ice? The doggies? Doggies. I don't know what it was about because I didn't have audio, but th- when they came back for the third period, they showed something from the intermission, and it was it looked like the Westminster Kennel Club <laughs> show. There was dogs on the ice, and what I think was a doggy present as well. Oh, no. Oh, I think so. There was a, a there was matter on oh, the ice. Oh, no. I don't know if it was a piece of a leash or a piece of something else, but I think there was a little... Don't use that as the puck. 
I think there was a little doggy doo-doo that might have been uh, left on the edge. I have no idea what it was about. Well, L.A. fans, um, you know how the L.A. broadcasters often will take a celebrity up during yeah. between periods and talk, and there was some of that going on as well. I couldn't quite see from the angle who it was, but uh, they were having a good time. Uh, it was a good time to be an L.A. fan hmm. uh, in L.A. Well, at least L.A. Yesterday. didn't play like you know what last night. Uh, oh, <laughs> I know what you did there. Yeah. Uh, I felt like Crawford was screened for the majority of those goals and left out to, to dry. Uh, I don't, even though he let in six goals, I actually don't blame Crawford for a lot of them. Um, I think that uh, LA just did a great job uh, getting ahead of the defense and, sc- and screening Crawford. So um, anyways, yeah, cool. that's a tough loss for Chicago. They needed that win. They did. Yeah, they really did. The game after that was the Boston and New Jersey game. Mm. A very, very tight game. Boston won one to nothing. Both goalies played very well. And uh, Boston's only goal was a power play goal. So and it was early in the game, early in the very first early couple of minutes in. It was uh, Marchand got his got his goal, and that was it. That was it. it. Was shut down after that. Um, funnily, I looked at the. Is that a word? Funnily, oh, absolutely. Funnily, yeah. How, how, Look it up. Are you sure? Hashtag funnily. No, I yeah, think you're, me- you're messing with me. That's I'm not, not messing with you. Yeah. It's actually a word. Humorously, funnily, yeah. I don't know. Okay. I'm anyway. calling shenanigans on that. <laughs> but I like to look at plus minus after a game. Mm-hmm. And people can debate its significance, but I like to look at it. In the game on the ESPN website, despite the fact it was a one nothing game, nobody on either team had a plus or a minus. And I thought the only way that actually happens is if Brad Marchand shoots the puck, everybody skates off and goes to the bench, and the puck goes in the net and there's no one on the ice. That's the only way there could be no pluses or minuses. So I went to the NHL site because I know how much you tr- you trust ESPN, which is very little. I went to the NHL site to look at plus minuses. Nothing. You know why? Why? Plus minus doesn't count in power plays. You're kidding. I'm not kidding. It doesn't count? It doesn't count. Well, who, who, who thought that up? Because it's not fair. Heck, it's not fair. Not only should plus minuses count mm. in power plays, the guy in the box should get a minus because it's his penalty. Maybe. But it shouldn't be that if you're a, if, you're a, if you're a, if you're a penalty kill specialist, you shouldn't be penalized by having a terrible plus minus just because you're always on the ice for penalty kills. You know what I've been doing this show? I've been a, a highly paid professional YouTube broadcaster now for almost two years, and I didn't know that. Oh, man! Now you do. Bing! The whole world is open to me now. The whole world. <laughs> Son of a gun. Um. The game after that was the Toronto-Buffalo game. Toronto won 5-2. to two. Mm. Toronto was 64% in the face-off circle. Uh, Anderson was really great. Uh, just a little bit too much offensive power for Buffalo to to handle. Toronto was was everywhere in the offensive zone last night. So Yeah, and Tavares didn't look too depressed. He got his 37th goal. Yes, and he got, he got a nice standing ovation there at the beginning of the game from the fans. Yeah, and that's fine. That, totally. That, when when the one fans do one thing, the other fans have every right to do the other thing. And, yep. Uh, it, it worked. Toronto had a really good reception at home, as they uh, should have had. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, I'm sure not a lot of Islander fans were watching the Toronto game just to see how they'd react. Probably not. But if they were, they'd see, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, that's fair. Well, good for them. Uh, the next game after that was the Pittsburgh-Montreal game. Pittsburgh won 5-1. to one. Carey Price led in three goals on four shots. And uh, Montreal couldn't recover after that. It was pretty bad. Yeah, the bad the bad news is uh, Carey Price's save percentage at the end of that game was eight three three. The good news is it's a vast improvement from two five zero, which is where <laughs> it was after four shots. Exactly. <laughs> Holy smokes! Uh, Gensel with two. Uh, Gensel actually has more goals than Crosby. He's got thirty one. Crosby has twenty nine, which I think is kind of cool. Crosby had an amazing game last night. Yeah, I'm very happy very because well. Justin was actually at that game. That's right. His first time seeing Crosby play. Uh, his first time bringing his son to his to the to a hockey game. Uh, they got to see, number one, their team win. Number two, his favorite player do well and get four points. And, uh, yeah, so I'm I'm very happy for Justin. I almost was cheering for, for Pittsburgh a little bit last night Careful. just to make him happy. But Montreal needed to win that game, and they did not. They needed to win the game. They did not. And right now, despite what the standings show, when you look at their actual power available point rankings, they're out. Ninth. Yep. Yeah, they're out. And uh, we'll talk about that a bit. Yeah. Uh, the, speaking of 5-1 games, Tampa Bay beat Ottawa 5-1. to uh, What do you say about this game, really? It's the best team playing the worst team. It, that's basically it. I mean, yeah. it, Tampa Bay was, was looking sharp all night, uh, just uh, capitalizing on, on chances. Um, they even broke a record last night. They tied it. 
Oh, they sorry they they tied the record. Yeah, um, fifty wins in sixty six games. That's uh, Detroit. I think was the previous team to do that. So wow. they've, t- they've tied that record. Pretty cool. Yep. Um, Carolina and Florida. Carolina won four two three, and a very exciting game actually. Did you watch the highlights from this game? I didn't. Did you watch this game? I didn't. But I read up on it. Oh, that doesn't that doesn't do anything. That, like you're not even going to say half the like. I can't even talk about the stuff I want to talk about if you haven't seen it. The Troy Brower breakaway attempt. Didn't see it. <sighs> Anyways, he gets on a breakaway. Okay. He takes like this half slap shot. It wasn't really a snap shot. It wasn't really a slap shot. It was like a it was like a slow motion slap shot. It wasn't even close to the net. It was like if I'm the net and the cameras where the puck went, like that's that's how far. It was a good like five six feet away from the net. Hit the glass way in like in the side. It was the worst breakaway attempt I've ever seen in my life. I think <laughs> it was terrible. Um, anyway, the overtime was absolutely stellar. Mrazic, there there was a there was a breakaway and Mrazic came out and made made this epic poke check. It was one of the best poke checks I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> it's why I'm wearing the Carolina Hurricanes um, no, no merch kidding. right now. And then Carolina went back up the ice and scored the the OT winner. On that same play. On that same play. That's cool. It was awesome. Did you see who was playing in net for Florida? Uh, I, I thought. First ever game. Okay. that's I thought it was Reimer because of the color of the helmet, but I didn't. It, maybe he was borrowing Reimer's helmet after being called up, but it was Sam Montembo. That's a pro name. That's it. Yeah, Montembo. It's M-O-N-T-E-M-B-A-U-L-T. Quebec guy. Hmm. Uh, he he's played for the se- several years for the Blainville Boisbriand Armada. He was a second year All Star in the queue back in 2017. He's played a couple of like AHL type uh, years as well. Hmm. So he was called up and uh, he got a point. He got a point. Wow. Well, Good I mean, he got a point. His team got a point. Overtime loss. Oh, I thought you meant he got a point like he got uh, assist. No, I don't think so. Well, that's not good. But, uh, yeah. No, I mean, yeah, it's good, good good for him. Yeah. He was a third-round draft pick in 2015. Nice. And uh, he first game, so good for him. Do you want to go see an Islanders game sometime? I would love to. Okay. I would love to see it in Uniondale, though, as opposed to uh, Brooklyn. No, no, no. I'm not talking about <laughs> I'm not talking about the New York Islanders. Oh. You mean Charlottetown? Charlottetown. Islanders. Okay. Yeah, I, I like to see that. It's a little closer to, little closer road trip. A little easier to get to. Yeah, it's only about three minutes versus about 18 hours. So. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. That's just out of the good. blue, so I, that's why I was... Yeah, I know. Yeah. Like but you, you mentioned the... The Q. Q, the QMGHL. Yeah, I would like to see. We haven't seen them this year, have we? No, we have not. No, that's really not not really right. Have you been following standings at all? Uh, I not, not in the last maybe three weeks, but I did take a look a few weeks ago. They've clinched a playoff spot. Yeah. I think they're tied with... Um, they're tied with someone, Moncton, I think. And Halifax is just running away with things, aren't they? Oh, it's ridiculous. It's yeah. not even close. Like it's, it's, it's crazy. It's funny how many good teams they've had. Usually in, in Canadian major junior hockey, teams will load up, especially if they're going to be hosting the Memorial Cup and they get kicked into the final four anyway, or they're just deciding they're going to staff up and go for it for a year or two. Mm-hmm. And then they blow away their their best players for prospects because they have a draft just like the NHL does. And teams usually don't get to the top and stay there. But the Halifax Mooseheads, with a few exceptions, have been an elite team in the queue for years and years and years. From the Nathan McKinnon days, mm-hmm. uh, Jonathan Drouin days. Oh, yeah, definitely. And they're still just... Okay, you got a you got a I, smirk there. So Charlottetown's record is thirty four and twenty. Nice, it's pretty good. Pretty good. I'd like to have a record pretty like that good. in my team. Do you know what the Saint Saint John Sea Dogs record is? Oh, it's not good. Twelve and forty four. Oh my god, it's not good. There's a team who has not, even though they won the Memorial Cup. Yeah, maybe what eight or nine years ago, something like that. Yeah, like seven, something like that. Um, they have not stayed as an elite yeah. team, but they're not the worst team in the league. The Bathurst Teton oh, is no. the worst team in the league. Seven wins, 50 losses. <laughs> and they won the Memorial Cup last year, didn't they? <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't I think, think so. they did. Maybe, I don't know. I think it was last year they won it. I don't th- I don't think so, but maybe. Well, we're going to find out anyway. really quickly. Wow. So <laughs> so what's Halifax? Uh, Halifax 
is 45 and 13, but they're not the best team in the league. Really? Best team is, oh my God, I can't even pronounce this. The, I'll just say the Huskies. They are 54 and 7. <laughs> 54 and 7. 54 and 7. Why can't you pronounce it? Was it... Uh, it's like... Oh, the Ruin Naranda Huskies. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Um, last year's Memorial Cup champions, the Acadie Bathurst Teton. <laughs> Holy crap. Yeah. In 2018. Wow. Wow. They, uh, they played out in, uh, in Regina. I remember watching the game. And just how excited. And I remember watching news coverage of the parade when they came back. Mm. So for a second there, I thought, well, could, did I just imagine all that? Apparently not. <laughs> Apparently not, no. So, th- th- and that's a perfect example of a team that just staffs up, loads up, they're going to the Memorial Cup, mm-hmm. and then the air goes out. Yeah. And they're normal again, or mm. subnormal, as the case that's may right. be. Uh, yeah. Anyways, back to the NHL. Yeah. Uh, Arizona played Detroit. Arizona won 3-1. to one. Uh, did you watch the highlights from this game, or did you just read about it? Uh, I read about it. You can't read about games. Like You have to watch the highlights. They're all on NHL.com. They are, aren't they? Yeah. Well, there happened to be a hatch opening today. I was watching that. What the hell is a hatch opening? Oh, the International Space Station. The space station received a brand new type of technolo- technological <laughs> capsule. <laughs> and you, the, t- and you the, tuned in to watch a door open. <laughs> I did. How long did it take? About two hours. <laughs> well, it did. <laughs> There's the docking. There's the soft capture, the hard capture. Then they have to equalize the pressure. They have to put air into the collar that goes between the two. I know how it works. They have to go in with a, an air sampler to make sure the air's all right. They're wearing masks that they have to pull out of bags and stuff. It took a long time to go in there. But you watched the door open for two hours. I was riveted, man. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Anyway. Um, there was a questionable play because uh, I think it was Howard who was who made the save was kind of down and out. He thought he had it, but he didn't. And the puck was kind of around. And uh, Bertuzzi jumped in into the net and and made an amazing save. Just an incredible save in the net, and then the puck came back out, and the horn went, and so some of the players like stopped playing, but then they shot the puck in right after that anyway, and it counted. It was it was a weird, Ooh. it was a very strange goal. I don't know if it should have counted because the horn went, and like it's almost mm. a hometown advantage blowing that horn to get the. So it wasn't the horn at the end of the period horn. It no. was someone in the score box yes. manually doing the horn, and it was the home team. It was Arizona. Oh, yeah. So I, I don't know. That was, that was frustrating. Bertuzzi was pissed. He broke his stick over the, the net. Understandably, uh, you should go watch that play. It was it's pretty crazy. Wow. But Arizona is on an incredible <coughs> streak. Excuse me. Uh, that's their that was their sixth win in a row. Six in a row. And so, last week we had the question. I don't want to talk about it. Okay, but I do. I don't. I don't want to. Talk I know about it's your it. show, but we had the question, and the question was of the teams not currently in the playoff race, mm-hmm. who could sneak in? Mm-hmm. Six in a row now mm-hmm. for the Coyotes. They're one point out of a, of a berth, of yeah. a spot. Yeah. Okay. I said Chicago, and I failed. Well, not, you know, it's not over yet. It's not over yet, but it's pretty, it's good. pretty over. Yeah. <laughs> um, Dallas and St. Louis played a game yesterday. Dallas won 4-1. to one. Not a great game for Bennington. Uh, he's been playing absolutely amazing hockey the past two months, two and a half months. Um, but last night's game was not a great game for him. Uh, J- Jamie Ben got a hat trick, so good for him. He really, really needed that. And uh, it was a huge win for Dallas as well, so good for them. He did. Uh, he did great. Great. How would you know you, didn't wa- you don't watch any highlights? Well, I read about it. <laughs> you can't read it. Oh, man. Okay. Minnesota played Calgary's the final game. Minnesota won 4-2. to two. Uh, okay, I'm not. I can't talk about half this stuff because you haven't seen the highlights. Well, there was a hatch opening. <laughs> Don't care. About th- like I, I get an exemption when there's major things going on in outer space. I I should get a pass. What time did you wake up today? Uh, about six thirty. Okay. What time do we start the podcast? Uh, about twelve noon. Yeah. How long did the hatch opening take? About two hours. So what? And those other four hours. 
Why couldn't you watch some highlights? Because I, I was reading up on the games. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> anyway, Smith went behind the net to get the puck, and uh, two players came in, and he just, like, he just stayed there. He just stayed there trying to get the puck out. It was such a weird play. He just yeah. stayed behind the net. Anyways, the puck went out and they scored. I don't know what the hell he was thinking. <laughs> it was it was very strange. Uh, he continues to struggles. Calgary had 37 shots last night, and they still couldn't win. Um, Dubnik was great. Big win for Minnesota. Absolutely huge win for Minnesota. So, yeah. Well, and this game really uh, shows uh, I, one, one thing I did do, because I had extra time to do advanced reading. <laughs> Advan- advanced reading. Advanced reading. I wanted to see how things have shaped up in the Donato coil situation, mm-hmm. right? Uh, since the trade, Ryan Donato has played five games. He's got two goals, five assists for seven points in those five games. Wow. He was a minus 11 for the season when the trade happened. Since then, he's a plus five. Hmm. Uh, and coil? Minus? Zeros all Zeros. across the board. Oops. Zeros. He's played only three games, I think, or uh, maybe four. But uh, he has not been a factor in the games he's played. Hmm. I think but just based on this week, Minnesota's the winner in that trade. Yeah, They've yeah. got a guy who's four years younger, who's got already instant performance and upside. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we said that when we talked about the trade right when it happened, before yeah. he, either of them even played any game. We talked about it was a pretty risky trade on Boston's part because, I mean, that's a that's a player that could turn into be a superstar in the next couple of years. So yeah, and they're both Massachusetts kids. So as far as getting a hometown boy, it was a hometown trade for a hometown trade. So mm-hmm. they didn't actually gain any hometown hockey person there uh, in getting Coyle in, mm-hmm. but because uh, Coyle's from Boston too. So uh, yeah, it's not looking good. That but that particular trade is not looking good so far. So but far. like okay. other reasons, like the Columbus reasons, we chemistry. need time for chemistry yep. to kick in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, today's games, you want to make some predictions with me? Yeah, uh, the absolutely. Washington Rangers game, which I believe is probably on soon or now. Uh, um, I think it starts w- it, within an hour within from an the hour. time we're doing it. Yeah. Who are you picking for that game? I'm picking the Washington Capitals for that game. I am as well. The Rangers have basically gotten rid of a lot of players. They're on a three-game losing streak. Washington's on a three-game winning streak, and uh, they're they're on a roll right now. I agree. Okay. Uh, Philadelphia and the Islanders. Philadelphia and the Islanders. I'm I'm picking the Islanders here. I am as well. Um, this would be if they win today. Barry Trotz's 800th victory as a coach. Wow. 800. That's crazy. It is crazy. That's impressive. Yeah. And it looks like uh, it'll, it looks like the goalie setup has already been pretty well determined. It'll be Elliott for Philadelphia and uh, Laner for the Islanders okay. on this one. Yeah. Um, Vancouver and Vegas. Well, Vegas has stupendous home performance, and they're at home to Vancouver. Vancouver's struggling some. You're counting Vancouver out. Um, yeah, I am. <laughs> no <laughs> yeah. offense. I, me, I, me too, no offense. I, I have no dog in the fight or anything, but I think Vegas takes this. I home. agree. Yeah. Uh, Colorado and Anaheim? <sighs> I'm going to say Colorado. I am also going to say Colorado. An- Anaheim's on a bad slide right now. They are. Five in a row losing. Uh, and Gibson's questionable. 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 Uh, he took a puck or something. He was injured and he didn't play last night. He didn't play oh. yesterday. And he was hurt in the game before that. And he's questionable to come back in today. But uh, yeah. So anyway, I, I would say Colorado anyway, because they're doing well. Anaheim didn't play last night. Uh, or the last game, I guess. Okay. Maybe Friday night. Yeah. Um, Ottawa and Florida. Hmm. They're both in the same boat. They both played yesterday. They're both tired. Uh, but Florida played... Yesterday is their goalie, so probably going with Luongo if he's healthy today. Mm-hmm. So I think that gives them the edge. I agree. I'm also going to pick Florida. They are. They could make the playoffs. They're not that far out, so maybe. Maybe this is a, a very important game for Florida. They need to win this. They do. Winnipeg and Columbus. Columbus, uh, they got overplayed or outplayed yesterday in Buffalo. So they traveled. They, they played didn't play yet. in Buffalo. Oh, they played at home. They didn't play Buffalo yesterday. <laughs> Toronto played Buffalo. Oh, Toronto played Buffalo. Who beat them? 
Winnipeg? No. <laughs> uh, Edmonton. Oh, Edmonton, right. Um, anyway, they're tired. <laughs> they're tired. It's the hatch opening. Yeah. Now, Winnipeg... Uh, <laughs> Winnipeg's on a one-game winning streak, so it's not like they're on fire. And they've struggled of late. Yeah, they have, um, They've also got some questions around Hellebuck. He's had the flu. And he may not get to start if he's uh, still down with the flu. So mm. he's lost, I think, three of four Ooh. Uh, over the last little while. So not not his best run, but the flu could be part of that. So if he's you know properly hydrated and feels better, and he gets in the into goal, either way, I think Winnipeg uh, is the the favorite here. Okay, yeah, I agree. I think Winnipeg's going to win. Yeah. Uh, Nashville, Minnesota. Interesting game here. I'm going to pick Minnesota. For this one? I'm also going to pick Minnesota. Oh, look at that. Yes. They're at home. This is the Fiala versus uh, Granlund uh, situation. Like, mm-hmm. To see how they do uh, each other. Minnesota's on a five-game winning streak. They are. And they're at home. Um, Parise's doubtful for this game due to uh, questions, in, in injury, health questions. Okay. Uh, Rene looks like he'll be starting for Nashville. Uh, but uh, I, I'm... I'm seeing uh, Minnesota's the winner here. Nashville's already lost two. They're on a bit of a skid. Mm. Yeah. Uh, the last game, Chicago and San Jose. Uh, San Jose. I agree. San yeah. Jose. They, yeah. They're going to win this game, I think. They are. Uh, as far as streaks, if we look on the winning side, Arizona's at six wins in a row. Carolina has five. Minnesota has five. Boston has three. Washington has three. And Vegas has three. If we flip the coin and go to the losses, Ottawa has seven, Detroit has seven, Anaheim has five, and the Devils have three. Mm. So some bad news there for some people. Uh, And the last thing on my list is players of the week. Uh, Do you want to take a guess? You never do. I never do. And when I do guess, I'm fully wrong. So, yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, Sidney Crosby is my player of the week. Three yeah. games played, three goals, five assists, eight points. He was a plus four. Uh, great game last night and a great week in general. So yeah. good for him. Uh, as far as my goalies, I've picked Darcy Kemper as my goalie. Four games played, four wins, .944 save percentage, and a 1.71 goals against average. Had an amazing week. This is getting real. It's getting it's getting real. <laughs> it's getting real in Arizona. <laughs> Uh, also, an honorable mention to Devin Dubnik, Tukarask, and Mark Andre Fleury, who also had fantastic numbers this week. Pretty good. That's all I have to talk about. Okay, I just have my uh, standings and what they might mean for the playoff picture. We did this last week. Mm-hmm. I did the math again this week. Basically, what we did last week, not to over-explain it, we took the remaining games for each team and made the crazy presumption that they're going to go all the way and win all of those remaining games. Mm-hmm. So I've got the point ceiling numbers for each of these teams. And when you look at the point ceilings, they would change the standings a little bit. Uh, as to And basically it's a, it's a reference to the team's overall capacity to win and capacity to outperform the, its neighboring teams. In the Atlantic, Tampa Bay's ceiling is now 136 which isn't crazy. Like, it can't get any higher. It starts at so 164. They can't, they can't break the record, which is, I think, 100 and... Is it 138? I, I don't know, oh, maybe it's actually. it's 136. It might be. So know. if they won everything in their last remaining game... They have 104 points now. I think I made the same comment last week. Yeah. They're still not showing as clinched, but come on. Mm. Come on. They Money Puck is showing them as a 100% chance to win the play... Or to get in the playoffs. Yeah. yeah duh. Um, so in the Atlantic, further down, Boston ceiling is 121. Toronto ceiling is 118. So that's starting to stretch out a little mm. bit. Uh, Boston's had some really good, uh, really good games. Montreal is next with 109 as a ceiling, and then Buffalo with 102, Florida 103, Detroit with 89, and Ottawa with 83. That's their ceiling. Ooh. If Ottawa wins every remaining game, <laughs> if if Mark Crawford catches fire, yeah. And this team goes all the way out. They're still only going to get 83 points. They are st- mathematically it's, out of the playoffs. Yeah, there's no basically. X next to them in the standings yet because I just don't think they've run that math. Yeah. But it ain't happening. Metropolitan Division. Uh, Islanders are could top out at 117 if they won every game. Washington 115. Carolina 112. Pittsburgh 111. Columbus also 111. Philly 104. The Rangers, 100, and the Devils, 90. That's where they're, they're okay. top. 
Okay, okay. Central, Winnipeg at 116, Nashville 109, St. Louis 108. They've done well. They have, They've really yeah. come back. Dallas 105, Minnesota 104, Colorado 102. So starting to fall out mm. of the picture there. And Chicago with 97. Sorry, bud. Yeah. 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 Pacific, Calgary 123 is their ceiling. San Jose 118, Vegas 107, Arizona 103. Wow. Just about to knock on the door. Edmonton and Vancouver tied with 97, Anaheim with 91, the Kings with 90. Hmm. There are different uh, betting sites out there, uh, or not necessarily betting, but predicting sites. And one that I watch from time to time is Money Puck. And Money Puck does regular graphs on who's got the chances to get in the playoffs, win the first round, win the cup, and so on. So I've got a quick summary of those. Money Puck says the following about these teams. They have a 90% or better chance at getting in the playoffs. Most of these will be obvious. Tampa Bay, San Jose, Calgary, Vegas, the Islanders, Washington, Boston, Toronto, Nashville, St. Louis, and Winnipeg. I don't know if you've been counting, but that's 11 out of the 16 that are going to get in the playoffs. There's your 11. They're basically almost locked in. After that, uh, with greater than 80% chance, Carolina Hurricanes. And a greater than 70% chance, Pittsburgh and Columbus. Wow. So that's really something. Um, Better than 60% chance, Montreal and Dallas. Although when I say Montreal, they would be the team looking in based on the fact that they're mm. the ninth team in the East. That's right. Yeah. Uh, right. And Dallas has a half decent chance at over 60%. Everybody else is below 60%. The only one between 50 and 60 is Minnesota. So mm. they still have a, a slightly higher than a half ass chance of getting in. They've got some work to do. They do have a lot of work to do. Um, only two teams, according to Money Puck, have a better than 10% chance at winning the cup. Tampa Bay at 13%. Mm-hmm. San Jose at 12.5. I agree with both of those. Everybody else is below 10%. Okay. Uh, Toronto's at 5 or 6. Montreal's at 3.5. So any of the 16 teams that that are going to get in, they'll have some mathematical chance, although slim for Mm. for most of them. Interesting. Yeah, so that's what the numbers say. I like the stats. I like the stuff. Yeah, they're cool. Anything else? No, I'm good. All right. Thanks for joining me for this podcast. I really appreciate it. Um, thank you guys for uh, tuning in and listening or watching on YouTube, regardless of how you do it. If you are watching on YouTube, I hope you can go down and hit the subscribe button if you're not already subscribed. If you can hit the like button down below too, that helps us out. Um, I'm sure you're going to have some fun watching the hatch close in a couple of hours when I'm watching hockey, so I won't ask you if you're going to watch any hockey later. Well, the hatch closing is in a couple more days. Oh, it's in a couple more days. Yeah, I'm, the door I'm building up for it. I'm getting the popcorn and everything ready okay. for the hatch closing. Okay, well, you it's enjoy... It's going to be exciting. You enjoy that. I'm going to go enjoy some hockey. Um, so, anyways, thanks for watching, guys. Appreciate it, and we'll see you next week. Adios.